0: So number 49 of Down the Rabbit Hole is starting right now uh-huh. with a very interesting topic. Very interesting. Actually, we called it The Spy in Plain Sight. Uh, sp-
1: <laughs> we did. Yeah. And um, it was kind of, um, we were inspired by a recent court case in the US, which we'll discuss shortly, yeah. and it led us... Down the rabbit hole, in fact. Yeah.
0: Didn't it? And
1: now you heard with me, uh, Carl Baldwin. Oh, yeah. That's me. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to be here, Rafa, yet again. Yet again. One more episode. One more episode. We've
0: made it. Yes. Well, this is 49, isn't it? It's 49. We're approaching that golden episode. (laughs) We didn't start at zero, did we? Uh, No. (laughs) No.
1: just checking okay well that's gonna be kind of in the next week or so so i'm looking forward to that oh yeah totally maybe we'll do something special
0: why not yeah whatever okay so we start with the news okay and let's hear the news yeah news 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 and we start with the first one can sweat patches revolutionize Diabetes mm, that's interesting, isn't it? Very and
1: this I don't know development is quite interesting, right?
0: yeah, because those patches have been uh, developed with a sensor that can monitor the blood sugar levels by analyzing the sweaty skin
1: yeah so it actually picks up the sweat coming out of the sweat glands, right
0: from the glands from directly, the gland, directly. Right? Yeah. not from for example a t-shirt yeah, it has to be from the glands from the glands and it's yes. And this was actually invented in South Korea. And the test shows that actually the sensor is very accurate and would uh, could eventually be helping a lot of the patients that suffer from diabetes. So
1: I presume somehow it's meant to link with maybe an app, app or something. An app,
0: yeah. <laughs> I think nowadays there's a lot of uh, medical apps and devices linked to your phone, True. like uh, blood pressure meters, uh, glucose levels.
1: Um, Yeah, it does make you wonder how they would power this. Yeah,
0: um, scales and even their heart rate monitors. It's true, they go along those
1: things. But it's all very well, obviously, developing the um, sensor.
0: Yeah, because it will be completely just put in there in your glance.
1: But how does it communicate with the app, right? So that's going to be what? That's
0: the interesting
1: part, no? You know, because obviously, as you see there, obviously, it's uh, a very, it's a membrane, right?
0: Yeah, uh, well, of course, one of the biggest uh, challenges was the fact that how can you make it stick yeah. to your skin if you're sweating? Yeah. So it uh, seems that they were able to do this, uh, oh. adding some kind of uh, elements there, some uh, right. chemicals yeah, that would make it stick to your skin, even if you sweat. Wow. Well. And everything is encased in a porous layer. Mm. And it actually, what happens is that allows uh, allows the sweat to soak through right. the then electronics and bathed. it. Gets to the, the uh-huh. electronics. And is passed, all this is going to get passed to a kind of a portable uh, computer.
1: Uh, at the moment, yeah, as we can see there, it's obviously wired, right? Yes. There's the sensor and the... Well, it's wired
0: because they are testing directly. I suppose. And the idea is to have this patch just to well, put have, in there. But it'd have to be wireless, wouldn't it? It has to be wireless. To be practical. Then that means you have to put an antenna somewhere.
1: Well, you, maybe you can think of coupling it with uh, RFI or technology. RFI, exactly. It? So it would have to be micro-powered using the field from the RFI mm-hmm. as, yeah. the, um, as mm-hmm. the as the generator, right?
0: And uh, there's an image where we can also see a mobile phone there where probably you keep track of logs and yes. so on. Strangely, it's not an Apple. No, really. it's a Samsung, so yeah. I, I wonder if it's going to be just... Um, well, Android, right? Android. Because it's going to be easier
1: to... Uh-huh. It's an interesting it's concept, right? It's
0: a very interesting concept, and let's see what happens with this. Remember that uh, diabetes is a very serious condition that a lot of people suffer around the world.
1: Absolutely, especially if you've got... Type 1, Oh, yes. uh, Worst, yeah. Absolutely. It's a very uh, debilitating... Yeah. ...kind of alters the way you live your life, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. And
1: then... Oh, yeah. The next one. Yeah, Yeah, the next one is uh, quite interesting. This is um, about the advances and encroachment of AI... Uh A favourite subject of ours, Uh coming to a job near you. (laughs) And this is about um, software that can give kind of legal advice. Now, it's actually an example of a a chatbot, and actually this is Uh something I've been looking at myself. Um, Chatbots are very interesting in that um, there are kind of uh, cloud networks out there currently. Certainly Microsoft have their Azure network and Amazon have their, mm. I think it's called AWS, isn't it? It's their mm-hmm. global network. And all of them are plowing uncounted millions of dollars into providing kind of uh, heuristic and natural language interfaces yeah. that are all AI-based. And you can create these uh, natural language chats, applications so on your phone or on your computer or in your browser uh you appear as if you're having a conversation a, te- a textual conversation with uh, a human being but you're not you're actually having a conversation with um an AI based M-E-I. um structure and uh, a guy uh Joshua Browder uh-huh. um he developed this app, a chatbot app called Do Not Pay, and he, <laughs> which is you know, pretty straight to the point. And he called it the world's first robot lawyer. And uh, it uses Facebook Messenger, which is a kind of in, yeah. a kind of in Facebook applica- API, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And um, he's a British guy in his early twenties. And he's created this um, app for asylum seekers. Yes, and it provides um, information free. And what they do is they interact with the chatbot, inputting information about information their, about your case, their circumstances, and because it's uh, an actual language uh, processor. Or uses natural language processes, it's like you're having a conversation, but with a person, but you're not.
0: Yeah. In fact, they give you, uh, it's, there's a screenshot and they give you many options there or yeah. according to what you're answering. Yeah. For example, in the screenshot, we can see that uh, writes their political opinion, and then the chatbot gives you an option. Mm. I'm going to give you more options. Do either of these describe why you are being targeted, and then puts sure religion, nationality, yeah. neither. Yeah. And the person answers nationality. Yeah. And then, how about this option? Successful applicants tend to fa- uh, fall into at least one of those categories. Yeah. I have presented group membership. I fear torture. Neither. Mm. And then answers, I fear torture.
1: It's kind of a, a branch-based, tree-like Exactly. Interface. A
0: decision-making, like, yeah. yes, no, move to the next point.
1: But because it's a natural language processor, it kind of feels...
0: Natural, like you're yeah, talking real. to somebody. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, And this is, in fact, um, something that we're going to see more and more of. Um, In fact, we're already seeing it a little bit in uh, 24-7 support Uh uh, facilities for large corporates.
0: And she says something very interesting, Mm. actually. Once it knows a user can claim asylum, it takes down hundreds of details and automatically (laughs) fills in a completed immigration application. Yeah. Crucially, all the questions in the bot asks are in plain English, and artificial intelligence generated feedback appears during the the conversation.
1: Mm. Yeah, you're right. And the brilliant thing, of course, about it filling out the application is it won't make any mistakes.
0: Mm -hmm. That that kind of thing should be implemented even in government... Everywhere. Paperwork and things that have to be done like that, yeah. <laughs> Everywhere. You, you you never know sometimes how to fill certain things. I, like, I, I, what um, I have to put
1: here? And actually, you often get the impression that that was done deliberately. Yeah, right? exactly. To actually hold people back from mm-hmm. applying. But this is, uh, again, um, another example of AI, which, as we've said, is a favorite subject. And in, in fact, in the US, you if you are a law firm, you can actually... Um, Lease or rent yeah. software to do what in the US legal system is called discovery. Mm-hmm. And that y- is traditionally done by um, intern uh, lawyers, lawyer apprentices. Uh, but this work is increasingly being done by AI based software mm-hmm. and uh, is uh, totally crashing the cost of these kinds of activities. Oh, yeah. And this is going to happen any kind of job that involves some kind of iterative or repetitive function is going to succumb to this kind of software. Uh So it's, uh, again, it's another example of...
0: And they say that this app, since hmm. March 2016, has helped hundreds of thousands of people that have used the app to challenge parking tickets. (laughs) I know. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's right. Yeah. Well he, he um he his first app was creating this parking ticket app. Yeah. Uh, exactly. To, to challenge and there look it it uh, in the notes it says he successfully appealed or the software enabled people to successfully appeal a quarter of a million tickets. A lot. And this was without a human being. Intervening involved, at all. Yeah. Which is on the one hand a little bit mm-hmm. worrying.
0: On the other hand, it kind of liberates
1: information, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. And and knowledge. He also says that uh, from August, uh, it will help with emergency housing. Yes. Interesting. Now, the
1: only criticism I've read about what this guy is doing, and it is kind of legitimate in a way, is that the kind of people he's aiming at quite often are not the kind of people... Who actually have mobile phones, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't seem to stop people um, using it. Clearly, yeah. yeah. In fact, he says there. Look, this refugee app. Yeah. Um, apparently, only about thirty-nine percent of refugees have internet access.
0: Yeah, that is a problem. Actually, mobile. Internet they have access. to um, somehow try to deal with that as well.
1: Well, you can always find somebody with a, a phone, right? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so, a very interesting example I
0: think. Yeah. And our next news and final news for this week is Oh yes. Why you shouldn't be walking on escalators. Yeah, exactly. I mean we all know what kind we of walk. makes sense I think, you know.
1: It, it does. You know it's the same kind of stuff. You know that stuff about um car Uh, traffic queues on motorways where somebody applies their brakes and you can actually watch the brake lights travel (laughs) as a (laughs) wave. And if people just actually stretched out and kept a steady speed, they they can actually increase the flow of traffic. Mm -hmm. It's a similar kind of concept, isn't it? That when people kind of rush onto an escalator and walk on it, it's actually less efficient than if people just got on it. And stood still, but which side, yeah. side right?
0: Exactly. It, so
1: <laughs> we are only talking seconds here, right? Seconds. Yeah,
0: yeah. How, how much? You really don't save much.
1: You don't save much time, but it
0: adds up, I suppose. Yeah, um, probably. What you have to do if you really don't want to stay on escalator, just take regular stairs,
1: and that's better for you, right? Yeah, in fact. Or do what I do and regularly go down escalators the wrong way. Uh. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really do that. <laughs> but uh certainly if you take somewhere like um London, obviously uh-huh. where it's got in London the underground or the subway is very deep. Mm-hmm. And there are huge escalators <laughs> to get you down to where the stations are. And of course they've got hundreds of thousands, if not a couple of million people a day going up and down escalators, and believe me, I've been there in the rush hour. And you, what you find is people are bunching up at the bottom of escalators trying to get onto the escalator. And if what tends to happen in London underground is on the right-hand side of the escalator people stand, uh-huh. and on the left people run up the escalator. <laughs> and it's just crazy, right? It's Crazy.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, they, they found out walking up the escalator took 26 seconds compared with 40 standing. But the problem here is um, how long it took to stand in line to reach the escalator to, an to rise it. Exactly. And like this, actually, the time dropped Yeah, sharply. Yeah.
1: So, basically, if everybody just stands, then there's less queuing at the bottom yeah. than at the top.
0: So, when forty percent of the people walked, the average time for standards was one hundred and thirty eight seconds and mm. forty six seconds for walkers, according to the calculations mm. When everybody stood, the average time fell to fifty nine seconds yeah. and for walkers that meant losing thirty seconds, but for standards, it was seventy nine second improvement
1: I mean that is a whole minute you could yeah. spend on something more yeah worthwhile, totally right?
0: those minutes add up, yeah. So, those were the news. Those were some of the A bit longer it. discussion on the news this time, but was very interesting. Mm. Yep. Thank you, Rafa. Thank you, Carl. This is our main topic right now. Wow. Very interesting and spooky at the same time, I think.
1: Interesting, spooky, scary.
0: Scary, yeah.
1: And uh, we were inspired to um, mm-hmm. make this our subject for this uh, program because of a recent court case in the U.S., Yes. And, um, amazingly, um, a GIF, an animated GIF, Yeah. Has been, Some cl-
0: people pronounce it
1: GIF. GIF. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. i mind giving it my English. Both. I have
0: heard both actually. Yeah.
1: Um, an animated GIF or GIF has been classified as a lethal weapon. Lethal weapon.
0: Imagine yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Imagine that. And, uh, maybe you can expand on why it's been classified as a lethal
0: weapon. Yeah. Right? Well, the this animated image, the GIF, yeah. uh, was uh, given this... Um, sent to a ...classification mm. because it was uh, sent... Tweeted, in fact. Tweeted I mean. in, by a Twitter mm. to a US journalist and gave him a seizure. Yeah, this guy. Yes, uh, this guy is uh, Kurt... Um, Eichenwald. Yeah, Eichenwald. Eichenwald, yeah. So... This magazine reporter, uh, who actually had, uh, has epilepsy, yeah, uh, sent a strobe animated GIF by an on- anonymous Twitter user in December. Yeah, And it said, You deserve a seizure for your posts.
1: And he'd, he'd been posting yes. stuff, he'd been writing critical articles about uh, Trump again and all this stuff. Uh, exactly.
0: And then, after this message, the wife answered...
1: And he actually had a seizure.
0: Yes, that you caused a seizure. I have your information and I have called the police to report the assault.
1: Yeah. And the police actually traced the user. The user. And he's now facing court action for attempted More, uh, murder. Murder, I is. yeah, uh, Grievous bodily harm or... Something along those lines,
0: and it's currently in the courts, yeah, because it was an intentional it was an attack intentional act yeah. the
1: guy who sent the um, the the gif or gif he yeah. knew that the journalist was susceptible to seizures yeah, and he deliberately sent him this um, this animation to try and trigger a seizure, which could have killed him yeah, which is, so
0: now this computer generated uh, animation... I think it was a homemade... A homemade thing. Homemade weapon. That can yeah. cause a seizure and is classified as a, a... lethal. ...deadly weapon. An information weapon, right? Yeah. This gives you a bit of... Uh, well, set us off, didn't it? Set us off for the topic and give you some chills i believe
1: yeah we started to research it and yeah we were speculating on if this is what is kind of out there in terms of in the public
0: cyber terrorism kind of
1: crude <laughs> yeah crude kind yeah. of stuff you know clearly making an animated gif is not a big deal anybody can no do it, right? yeah um there are very simple free tools out there for doing these things for perfectly legitimate reasons, obviously. And he is somebody who's kind of weaponized something that really shouldn't be weaponized.
0: I think that the most worrying part here is that Everybody has heard about cyber terrorism and cyber mm-hmm. war and mm-hmm. attacks and between countries, you know, trying to hack each other, trying to do cause some damage. Yeah. But when this kind of thing starts to arrive to the general population, yeah. cause uh, a damage from an individual to another... Yeah. we're reaching but, another but, level there
1: another but this in a way is a different sphere of operation isn't it because of yeah. course cyber terrorism that we kind of talk about generally is to do with infrastructure attacks yes. and information theft and you know like in the Trump yeah. uh, in the Trump elections the hacking of the Democratic yeah party servers and re- release strategic release of alleged strategic release of information that potentially damaged the clinton yeah. presidency so and of course i don't know whether you know this but in uh, the united kingdom this last week there was in fact a notice issued to all nuclear power plants and uh, normal power plants energy companies uh-huh. uh, water purification authorities Uh, basically raising the alert of a potential uh, imminent cyber attack. Wow. Uh That's in the last week. And the UK government, I think, is spending something like... It's over a billion pounds um, is being allocated to actually beefing up our cyber defences because it's perceived as such a real threat. But this is kind of... It's a personalized weapon,
0: isn't it? It's personalized and it's a direct attack.
1: Yes, yeah, direct. It's
0: mano a mano, right? What I wanted, to, uh, what I meant was, mm. uh, once somebody starts to attack, attack another person through these means, yeah. just because you don't agree with something, hmm. then yeah. humanity is in serious problems right now. <laughs> because now we live in a in an era where technology, internet, and devices are. The everyday life, your well, still, everyday life, all the time. It's still very open, isn't it? Yes, of course. But this opens a huge, huge hole that yeah. maybe we thought it didn't exist, but somebody already.
1: Or we weren't there yet. Yeah. But here we are, right? Here we are. And of course, this set us off to thinking. We had a kind of a, a discussion over a beer, I believe, yeah. about um, if there are these obvious. Uh, Kind of quite crude attacks, actually. This is quite crude. Um, What if there are more subtle uh, technologies out there that maybe are being used and we're not aware of? We don't even notice them. Yeah, we don't even notice. And we were thinking, well, you know, let's have a look into it. And what we kind of uncovered was actually some quite worrying stuff. But we thought we'd start with a little bit of history, didn't
0: we? Yeah. So Uh, maybe
1: you can start us off with...
0: Yes. uh, Mostly it's about... uh, Subliminal messages, yeah, which uh, which is a half a century old technique. Yeah, nineteen fifties. There was um, a, a book yeah. uh, entitled "The Hidden Persuaders" by uh, Vance Packard. Yeah, popularized in nineteen fifty seven. Yeah, and it was a very detailed study of movie theaters that supposedly used subliminal commands to increase the sales of popcorn.
1: Yeah.
0: and Coca Cola. And this is how
1: the book gained its uh, popularity. Its popularity based
0: on this, but yeah. actually.
1: Something very interesting happened.
0: But then in 1973, the book Subliminal Seduction claimed that sublim- subliminal techniques were actually used in advertising.
1: Yeah.
0: And the view that this book was contributing to a general uh, state of fear yeah. in regard to these, you know, um, experiments like Orwellian yeah, dangers if you want to call it,
1: and the FCC ruled on it.
0: Right? Yes, so the FCC had uh, hearings and declared that subliminal uh, advertising mm. was contrary to the public interest.
1: And it's actually thought that that uh, book, Sublim- Subliminal Seduction, uh, was the first time the phrase subliminal advertising was used. Exactly, and and the one kind of last interesting thing about the previous book the 57 book uh-huh. hidden, hidden influences was that ultimately the um the uh study that allegedly took place in cinemas was actually not real yeah not and real it, and it never happened uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh huh uh huh but the guy made a lot of money out of the book <laughs> uh, but the 73 book did actually bring it into the public yeah. sphere shall we say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in fact certainly most countries subliminal advertising is illegal. Yes. Uh, it certainly is in the UK, and I know it is in the US.
0: Okay, it's illegal, but... Uh... But how do you know it's happening? Exactly. <laughs> how do you know it's not happening? I know, this is a weird thing, right? Uh-huh.
1: So, um, yeah, so what is subliminal advertising? Well, if you look at a definition of it, uh-huh. it, it's the use by advertisers of images and sounds to influence consumers' responses without them being consciously aware of it. So the classic is that you imagine that you're watching a movie or something or an advert or something, and because your eyes only, or you consciously only perceive at a rate of something has to be there for at least, say, a 25th of a second or something, Uh that if something is there presented for less than that amount of time, uh, although uh consciously you're not aware of what's there it actually does register on a on a subconscious yeah. level right so that's kind of what subliminal mm-hmm. advertising is
0: and but, yeah recently um i noticed something interesting going on and that's why also was part of our discussion yeah that in some platforms like youtube yeah How do you know that certain people is not using subliminal messages there? And if they are actually doing something to control it, because there was some channels posting this kind of political uh, messages messages or videos from entertainment shows, you know, like late night show and so on, in which one of the frames was modified and Mm. put an image of Donald Trump, half Trump, half Hitler. If you check the full yeah. video, you don't see the image, actually. No. But it's a frame there with that. With that on there. And curiously, if you were watching these kind of videos and you get recommendations on the side, mm. you would get this kind of challenge with the different host of shows, but the same thumbnail having in that oh, corner oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the Trump with the yeah. half Trump, half Hitler image. Yeah,
1: which is interesting.
0: Which it? is interesting because that means... People trying to influence also through this yeah and it's interesting that Google probably capture I don't know if they did it on purpose that time frame well we
1: discussed that yeah in, and uh, I've done some work on video and we were discussing the fact that the thumbnail extraction for a YouTube yeah. video is always done at a specific point point in the beginning uh-huh so it insets into the video stream. And then selects the frame. So, if somebody became aware, oh, it wouldn't be difficult to figure out where that's done. Obviously, you can insert that frame yes. with the subliminal thing at that frame count. And appears a, as the thumbnail of the a, video. With a fair guarantee, it will turn up as the thumbnail, right? Uh-huh. So, it is, um, yeah, it, quite interesting. But... The thing is, does subliminal um, messaging work? And in fact, there was was, um, a thing done by the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation. They did their own experiment uh, back in 2015, and they actually uh, looked at the current research and they tried to reproduce an example of subliminal messaging influence in a laboratory, in a, sorry, in a real world setting. And what they did was they drew on um, studies that apparently there have been hundreds of studies because obviously this is related to advertising and money. Therefore, there's always plenty of money available for Uh these things. And apparently the general um, view is that with subliminal advertising – Um, It doesn't work if the thing that you're subliminally trying to influence people on Mm -hmm. is something they are already a complete fan of. So, for example, Coca-Cola was was the example given that it's because so many people like Coca-Cola, obviously, um, it's very difficult to actually affect an individual's desire to... To have a Coca-Cola, because they'd probably choose that anyway. Anyway, they're already on that. So, yeah. so what you have to do, apparently, is choose a, a, a product, shall we say, that is known to the subject, but is not necessarily their go-to choice. Yeah. And they actually did an experiment using Lipton's tea oh. and water. As the two choices,
0: <laughs> right?
1: and what they did was they had a like a control group and a you know oh, a, yeah. uh, subject group, and they basically uh, played this material with in a controlled environment, but it was in a public space. And when they filtered out um, people who had a known liking for Lipton tea or Dislike. Or dislike. Uh, what they actually found was that the difference, the influence was statistically insignificant. Uh-huh. And so the conclusion was that while they couldn't say, no, it doesn't work, they couldn't actually say for sure that it did work. So that was kind of 2015. <laughs> um, now, obviously, there was. Probably, if you've got a scientist to look at it, they'll probably pick all kinds of holes in it. Mm-hmm. But it's clearly, this kind of subliminal stuff, is clearly an area of some, shall we say, controversy yeah. about whether it really does work or not. But in our research, we did come across, because our thing was current technology, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So... Subliminal advertising, subliminal messaging goes way back to kind of World War II, propaganda, all this stuff, you know, the Cold War, blah, blah, blah. Um, But as we discussed over our beer, as a lot of technology water gone under the bridge. Mm -hmm. What is possible, right? Is it because we were commenting to each other that you walk down the, any street, literally anywhere on this planet, yeah. and you see young people who appear to be literally in a daze. Uh-huh. They're so absorbed. Immersed totally. Immersed in their mobile technology, social media, blah, blah, or whatever. Uh-huh. All these various platforms. And it sets us off to thinking whether there can be hidden influences, either deliberate or not. Exactly that are affecting people's behavior and we actually came across a very interesting paper, which is not that new. It was actually published for a conference uh, the icEC conference of two thousand and four uh-huh. um, and this made a re- reference to this kind of stuff, and it's called emotionally loaded mobile multimedia messaging, which is a bit of a mouthful. Um, It talks about the fact that when people are kind of in the moment, shall we say, of Uh uh, receiving a a media message through some communication technology, they have a greater or lesser sense of presence is what they call it. Uh And... When they're in this moment of presence, the mediated information, the information they're being presented with, becomes the focused object of their perception. And the immediate kind of external context, your surroundings, and the technological device that's conveying the message, fades into the background. Now Mm -hmm. this (laughs) this is researched stuff, and this just kind of touches... On this area that we were talking about. And in this paper, it says that various uh, empirical studies, practical studies, show that information experienced in this moment of presence has real psychological effects on the perceiver, the receiver of the message, Uh (coughs) such that emotional responses uh, or cognitive processing can be affected by the, the whole thing. Now,
0: uh-huh.
1: that's weird, right? Well, it's not well, weird, but...
0: In fact, uh, uh, there was another article published a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. uh, in which uh, was talking about how social media actually uh, is creating a full generations of... Um, Zombies? Self-obsessed <laughs> narcissists. Yeah, absolutely. And that... Tells you a lot of how much can these technologies can be used to influence young yeah, people, especially. Exactly. And then these uh, manipulation through social media yeah. uh, can be exploited actually very easy because of this uh, obsessed narcissism of yeah. looking good and artifacts and yeah. is things.
1: It, is it almost like a psychological dependency? Exactly, building yeah. up in people, right?
0: Yes, and it's uh, also even worrying it's worrying how these social media can be used for this
1: yeah because um, obviously you and i use uh, the same technology uh-huh. but we're a different generation and it's it i think it's had a different effect on us we come at it well i'm a generation older than you just about and i think how you interact with the technology uh-huh. is not the same as how i interact with the technology uh, because you weren't born into this technology, obviously neither was I. No. Uh-huh. But the the, in, the young people we're talking about have known nothing else.
0: It's uh, already something they take for granted. It's something it's given there.
1: It's in the woof and warp of their lives, and they've never known anything different. Mm-hmm. So the effects, they've experienced it from a very early age in their formative, shall we say, years when their brains and minds were forming all the important structures they were forming... Mm-hmm. And they've had it there from the beginning.
0: And I think we have seen how these uh, media posts, uh, Twitter used, and so on, can affect a lot of things, mm. including presidential elections. Well, obviously, there's, it's
1: had a lot of publicity, the rise of fake news. And, uh, yeah. and what is also extremely worrying, and I think we've covered it before, is the percentage uh, of social media users who use social media like Facebook as their main source of news.
0: Oh, yeah, that's worrying. That
1: is very worrying because these um, platforms use heuristic stuff, yeah. technology <laughs> that effectively only show you because it learns what your preferences are it then only shows you stuff that supports that view like we talked before with that cognitive bias when
0: we we did that show of cognitive bias we talked about that
1: you never see a counter view so you never you never get an opportunity to think about a different way of looking at things Mm -hmm. that is concerning right
0: yes and all these led us to another thing yeah. Another article that is... Oh, it's wow. A
1: paper, actually. It's a paper. blew our brains out, yeah. which, which we've referenced in the notes. And the paper is called Opening Pandora's Box, How Technologies of Communication and Cognition May Be Shifting Towards a Psycho-Civilized Society. Now... When you read this paper, (laughs) it really does start to worry you what is potentially going, could be going on. We clearly have no proof. No. But uh... if we had more time and uh, some uh, motivation to do it, we could look into it further. But we're just giving you the heads up, really, in this this programme. Yeah. And... What does psycho civilized mean? Mm. And in this paper, it gives a meaning which is psycho civilized means a society that manages and controls social behavior predominantly through non obvious methods of psychological manipulation. Now, I think <laughs> we're already experiencing that, yes, at probably. A reasonably obvious level when we talk about fake news and mm-hmm. so, social media um, mediated, uh, directed news uh, stuff. But if you then read this entire paper, some of the technologies it is alerting you to, shall we say? Yeah, that, about it. It yeah. is truly worrying.
0: Yeah, because they said whoever controls these channels for communication. Yeah. Practically, they are the guys who are dominating the Earth.
1: Yeah, they're running everything.
0: Everything is wrong.
1: Yeah, and um, that the whole thing about a psycho-civilized society is one where there is greater emphasis placed upon social <coughs> control yeah. and preemptive strategies. So that's acting before the symptoms become visible. Uh-huh. So it's kind of, in a way, and in fact it refers to it in the <laughs> paper, He refers to the movie Minority
0: Reports. Minority,
1: of course, yeah. About actually intervening before something happens.
0: Happens, like uh, how the precogs.
1: Pre- precogs, right? Yeah. Uh, in this, uh, in his paper, he says that this technology, um, and it is becoming... It is already global. Its reach is not 100% yet, but it's up in the high 80s. Uh, But as this reach gets higher and bandwidths go up, the capabilities of these technologies will become greater and greater and greater. Um, And we won't be aware of it because... The the bandwidth that we're using in our day to day activities is nothing, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Yeah. So there's all this bandwidth available for all kinds of stuff. Now, and I I must admit I have thought in the past, like with five G, which is spreading now, which yeah. is multi megabit bandwidth to your mobile device. What the hell do you need that for? Right? Uh-huh. As an individual, how many? Movies? Can you watch on your mobile phone? Mm-hmm. How many episodes of Europe's Got Talent or whatever it is can you actually stream? I mean, the thing about it is you can only stream one thing at a time. <laughs> yeah. So how? You know. So what's all this bandwidth for?
0: As well. Well, I think that as uh, technology also grows and data, the volume of data and multimedia content has increased.
1: Well, it is a fact that provide the bandwidth and the services are created to fill them. To fill it. Of course. But obviously that is a very convenient (laughs) marketing (laughs) phrase. Uh Uh, But, and again, maybe uh, masking uh, some deeper uh, purpose that we're not aware of. And I'm sure the people rolling out the 5G networks are not aware of that. But... in this paper, there is a very interesting kind of uh, interchange—an interview with a Russian. Oh, yeah, that's a research <laughs> called Igor Smirnov of the Russian Academy of Sciences. And apparently, by all of, all accounts, he's a bit of an odd person. And he was referred to in a Newsweek article, which is an American uh-huh. uh, weekly news magazine. That's why it's called Newsweek. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he was referred to as a subliminal Doctor Strange, woman, log. <laughs> referring to the character from the movie, obviously. And one of the comments he made was about um, using audio mobile technology to uh, influence people. He said, "Look, this is a quote from this guy. Yeah, look, it's easy. All I have to do is record my voice." Apply special coding, which converts my voice to mere noise, and afterwards all I have to do is record some music on top of that. The words are indistinguishable to your conscience. However, your unconscious self can hear the words clearly. Clearly. If we were to play this music over and over again on the radio, for instance, people will soon start developing paranoia. (laughs) And he goes on to say, weapon. "This is the simplest weapon," <laughs> and that was that was published in, uh, in Pravda, a Russian yeah. magazine in 2004. Now <laughs> you think, okay.
0: <laughs> now you wonder what we have been listening on the radio, or yeah. and now with the spread of podcasts, exactly. Then you start to wonder if somebody would, but even, just
1: radio in general, yeah, and video. So it's mm-hmm. all got soundtracks, like we were talking, right? we
0: YouTube and. All these sites for this very daily motion. Exactly. <laughs> Don't worry, we're not recording anything <laughs> subliminal. <laughs> or do
1: we? <laughs> uh, exactly. And again in this paper, um, there was a military... Stra- we're just giving you kind of snippets yes. of this paper. We highly recommend you read, it. read this paper. It yes. is very, very... Uh, impactful when you read it.
0: Yeah, this one is very interesting, this uh, next part of the military.
1: (sighs) I think this is very good. This is an American military strategist called Timothy Thomas, Mm -hmm. and he examined the implications of... uh, um, global mobile tech, uh, you know, mobile technology.
0: The title of his paper is very interesting. It the mind has no, no f- firewall. I think that is a fascinating... And it's true. It is absolutely true, right? And then you start to remember all those movies and sci-fi movies are fantasy movies of build up your walls in your mind yeah. so you don't get, you know... Exactly. Do we tr- maybe reach this kind of point for maybe real? We're,
1: maybe we're there. You know? He was quoted as saying... And this is a quote from Timothy Thomas from The Mind Has No Firewall. We are on the threshold of an era in which these data processes of the human body may be manipulated or debilitated. Examples of unplanned attacks on the body's data processing capability are well documented. Well, I, I haven't seen that in the media recently, but there's a whole bunch of references in uh-huh. his paper,
0: um, among them, he ref- uh, references Russian military article yeah. on the same subject, saying that humanity stands on the brink of a psychotronic war, <laughs> with the mind and body as the focus of this. And the context here is that the human body is uh, so it's a complex communication system, and you know we are constantly yeah. sending signals yeah. and both external and internal. Yeah. Therefore, and and receiving uh, the data the body receives from external sources like uh, electromagnetic or uh, acoustic energy waves uh, or creates through its own electrical or chemical uh, processes like, you know, brain uh, sending stimulus, electric uh, stimuli can be manipulated or changed as the data in any hardware system can be altered. Just exactly yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, and there's 11 references quoted for that. Exactly. Okay. That is like... Mm-hmm. I, I've got a feeling we may come back to this subject because it is quite fascinating. Extens. And we're worrying. Yes. Um,
0: so the military is thinking that in this area is beginning to shift towards a... Systemic viewpoint. Viewpoint, viewpoint yeah. which considers a human as an open system rather than a closed-bounded system. <laughs> which is like, yeah. I mean,
1: this is, this is tech talk... Yeah. about a biological system.
0: Exactly. And this reminds me a little while also, uh, we have mentioned this many times before, Fringe, mm. the TV series, yeah. when the observers, they can try to read people's minds mm. and then somebody, the daughter of uh, Peter and uh, Olivia, tries to teach them, uh, to teach other people how to shift their yes. thoughts, to be erratic and not create constructive uh, things so they cannot be read. Wow. It's something like having your own firewall there so your real thoughts and, you know, feelings cannot be yeah. seen.
1: Yeah. I mean, this paper, if you read it in full, which I uh-huh. strongly encourage people to do, yeah. uh, you, there is the basis there for a, a real kick-ass TV
0: series. TV series. Right? <laughs> In fact, talking about TV series, yeah, uh, we were watching. I don't know. If maybe some people have seen Black Mirror. Oh, and Black yeah. Mirror, in episode two, I think it was. Uh, there is uh, this story about a civilization, humanity in the future,
1: yeah,
0: where everybody lives in a room that I I believe it was no big that maybe uh, two meters by one and a half, or, like a cube, like a that. cube, yeah. where. Floors, ceiling, walls, everything was screens. Right. You are in your bed and people get paid going out from your uh, cubicle or your room, going to bicycles, static bicycles. <laughs> and it's like a compound where there's a lot of quarters and just stations for people to go right. there right. and cycle there because they are producing the energy that the earth needs to power everything. Like hamsters in a hamster wheel exactly right? so everybody's stood in the wheel and you get paid for uh, uh, certain kilometers and time there right is this the
1: green version of the matrix or?
0: something like that and after that those credits yeah while you are cycling of course you have a screen in front of you right and every time you want to see something you spend credits uh, so if you want to see your favorite show you have to cycle more uh, for this warner uh, energy to be able to see your shows. But then the story starts to shift into uh, they have a kind of a contest like uh, uh, Britain Got Talent or this kind oh, of talent shows yeah. where they invite you to sing. And the winner, it's off the off the bicycle because they have now a career as a singer oh, and a personality. is your way out, right?
1: It's your way out.
0: The interesting part is that they also start to uh, get people for porn shows. Uh-huh. And things like this, but people get before entering to the stage, they receive a drink which put them into a certain state of mind, Uh-huh. Uh, like, able to be like beer, influenced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that judges of the contest yeah. can tell, was, were telling this girl, well, you know, you have to, you are good, and all. But to be honest, I see that you have a nice body. You should Ooh. be in this show, you right. know, this porn show, instead right. of singing. And they're susceptible to these and suggestions. They are, they become uh, compliant right. to their suggestions and the things they said until she says yes. Hey. And this caused one guy to fight back, that guy that was helping her and was liking her, and try to, one day, try to storm the place. Where they're doing the... Uh, the show, because to be there, you needed to pay the, I don't know how many millions of credits to buy your ticket. Right, right. And in the end, he had a piece of crystal from a screen that he broke and he attempted to suicide himself in front of the cameras and, you know, fight for it and everything. To which, interestingly enough, the judges turned all this like, I like your performance. (laughs) This is your way out. You should be doing this show and and talking this and all you have to say once a week or twice a week show and you don't have to pedal anymore. And he got back then, influence again. Although he didn't drink the thing, he oh, just... Um, mm. And then you see him on the show, while everybody's pedalling, they're watching their favourite show, the guy with a crystal in his throat. So he's cutting his throat every week. Yeah, a, uh, or just not cutting, just putting it there. Uh, yeah, he right, never right. got it. And that right. piece of crystal putting it back after in a very protected box to become an item. Of.
1: It's the future, right?
0: And that's like, how much can media and these kind of people, in, uh. you know influence yeah. you well, to do... That
1: is obviously kind of dystopian, it's kind a dystopian of yeah, of a future. But it, it's the ultimate pay-per-view concept.
0: Mate. And once again, they are using this kind of screen and uh, yeah. showing to influence your decisions Media, and what yeah. you do.
1: So, it is just kind of blue-skying here, because we need, probably need to finish shortly. Yeah. But remember the um, whole thing about UFOs and all that stuff, right? uh-huh. Where... And we all know about the X-Files and all that stuff, the series, where there's the, there is this idea that um, the American um, secret services or whatever um, encouraged talk of UFOs. Yeah. And talk, talked up UFO sightings, aliens, blah, blah, blah. As a distraction
0: yeah, to what has for what was for actually
1: going on underground. Now, obviously, that has kind of lost its currency now because uh, um, I'm not sure what the current situation is with regard to uh-huh. UFOs and people's attitudes, but is it possible that... Um, and I think that's re- referred to as a red flag uh-huh. campaign, isn't it? Like a false yeah. news campaign. Um is it possible that we're entering into an era of false flagging on this kind of technology and yeah. that potentially certain uh, conspiratorial and paranoid ideas are being encouraged mm-hmm. to distract people from maybe something real that is going
0: on underneath? Yeah. It's, yeah.
1: it's, it's possible. It's like
0: building it? up the matrix.
1: I, I think I can hear a helicopter outside, Rafa.
0: Probably. (laughs) Oh my God, not again. They're coming for us. (laughs) Where is the trap door again? Yeah. Uh Yeah. Anyway, so... Just to finish, there's a Google Play application called Subliminal Messages Pro. Yeah. And says these messages will be uh, flashed on on your screen throughout your day to help improve your life. For just $3, people. Exactly. Yeah. And then you wonder, you know if there are really things to improve your... (laughs) Or something else has been thrown as as well.
1: Well, interestingly, um, in that, uh, Uh it's in Google Play, the store, and they actually have a number of reviews with the app. And you kind of think, "Mm, if I was the creator of this app and and it worked, um, along with whatever the user wanted to encourage himself to do, I'd be inserting... Other subliminal messages, which, which is leave a positive message about this app in Google Apps
0: <laughs> Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so,
1: and this app has actually got like nearly five-star reviews, right? Mm-hmm. And people saying this works, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so it's a kind of, you kind of think, hmm, maybe we're being too... Yeah. Although, yeah, you know, history tells us you can probably never be... It's Best to be a little bit paranoid, yes, um, of course, because they may actually be out. So, to get
0: you with this, we reach the end of the today's have, show, I think, to that main topic.
1: We may revisit this subject because it is,
0: yes, it's can be extended really, really big to talk about there's, all these little parts. There's more. And uh, if you have uh, more comments on this, please mm. share them with us. What do you think about this? Yeah, have you ever experienced this before that you yeah. may be conscious yeah. of?
1: Yeah, have you? Do you feel you being unduly influenced by mm-hmm. Maybe particularly mobile tech content? Yes. Okay, let's continue now. And finally, oh yeah, let's do the and finally because yes. um, some interesting stuff. Yep. And uh, finally, we've got this very interesting little thing about how life may actually be getting better at evolving. And it's based on this theory that has been developed that networks of genes in animals actually behave very similar to neural networks Mm -hmm. and that uh, basically the genes may actually strengthen certain kinds of behavior through kind of like reinforcement Uh and get passed on through offspring. And it means that uh, certain animals seem to adapt more quickly than you would expect just by looking at natural selection. Uh It's quite an interesting...
0: It's really, really interesting. And uh, practically it means that over, uh, they call it evolutionary time, Mm. uh, the strength of the connection between the genes will be increased. It's like a feedback,
1: positive feedback Uh mechanism, isn't it? Yes, And... Yeah, and it leads to, obviously, um, certain kinds of behaviors becoming emphasized or adaptations. Or adaptation. Uh, But this is not natural selection. This is something else. Mm -hmm. And I think we were talking earlier about this other mechanism, this epigenetic stuff. Uh Exactly. These genetic switches. But this is different to that. Mm -hmm. And it was first uh, noticed by a... um, by a young graduate called Richard Watson back in 1996. Uh Uh-huh. And he read a paper on evolution, and this paper was very provocative in that it tackled a long-running problem uh, which we don't really fully understand how organisms can adapt so successfully to their environment. And uh, what this paper was saying was that... Uh, creatures don't seem to merely be at the mercy of random genetic um, mutations, which yeah. is natural selection. Natural selection. There's something else going on in their genes, um, which seems to be uh, separate and is not explained by natural selection. Anyway, the um, the paper's author, which was uh, Gunter Wagner and Lee Altenberg at Yale University and at the Hawaii Institute of Geophysics, they decided to look at why that might be, and they actually ended up looking to computer science rather than um, Mm, biology. biology. And this is where they came up with this concept of gene networks.
0: And there was a very interesting thing saying, uh, Watson was suggesting that uh, gene networks... Mm can also contain memories of yeah. past adaptations. Right. It takes us back to a topic we also discussed before about uh, DNA memory. Yeah, kind of like, your, like memory, right? past lives, which in, in the end is just something that you are uh, obtaining yeah. from uh, en- your parents or your ancient relatives. Yeah. Some- DNA passed on. Somehow encoded, encoded in, in, in the DNA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is
1: fascinating what they talk about and how... Obviously, this can be happening in humans as well, uh-huh. and that obviously natural selection hasn't stopped. Obviously, uh-huh. uh, but it that but it is a deep time thing, right? It? Yeah, it uh, takes time, but but this stuff is faster and uh-huh. um, can actually work literally through generation to generation. Anyway, yeah. a fascinating subject. I think it is. We've provided some links if you want to read further uh-huh. on it. If you've got any comments, let us know.
0: Yes. Okay, and we're reaching the end of today's episode. Which was very interesting. Uh-huh. A bit scary. The spy in plain sight. Yeah, some weird... It's, uh, like you said, scary, because you don't know what's really going on.
1: We don't. We real- I think that's what we've learned, isn't it? That yeah. there is some kind of on-the-surface obvious stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when you kind of look into it, kind of ignoring the paranoia end of the um, stuff, uh, there's still some very worrying technological developments.
0: Yes. So if you have any comments, questions, Mm. uh, suggestions for topics... Send us an email. Yeah. Uh, write down in Facebook, if, Twitter.
1: If you feel strangely not compelled to do anything, then that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the technology is working perfect. Yeah. Everything is
0: going fine. Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, thank you. See you next week. Thank you, Rafa. See you again. Okay. We talk to you next week down the rabbit hole. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved. Dark Mind Radio, 2017.